This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of But God Can, How to Stop Striving and Live Purposefully and Abundantly, written and narrated by Becky Kaiser and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Welcome to Day 16 of the 21 Days of Gratitude here on Grace Enough Podcast. I am your host, Amber Cullum, and I am so glad you are here today. If you have not downloaded your four-week gratitude practice, you can do that for free at graceenoughpodcast.com slash free gratitude practice. You can also find all of the episodes in this 21-day series when you click on that link. Today, we're going to consider Scripture as a gratitude guide. I never want gratitude practice to become a substitute for engaging the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit through the reading and study of Scripture. With that said, I have found when I put on my gratitude goggles while I read and study, my eyes are opened to different aspects of God's character, of God's provision, of His presence that I may not have noticed otherwise. Let me be clear, this is not me encouraging you to cherry-pick Bible verses and force them into life application. Instead, it is a way of opening your heart and mind to gratefulness to God through the passages of Scripture you're already reading and studying. So today, we're going to practice working through a few passages, and I challenge you to try this every day this week while you spend time in God's Word. Let's begin by considering the story of Hagar and Sarai in Genesis 16. Let me set the stage by saying God had promised that Abram would be a great nation. Yet he and his wife Sarai were advanced in years and honestly were finding it hard to believe that they would birth children at this point in their lives. However, God had said, I will bring you a son. And through that son, your descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky. But at the beginning of Genesis 16, it says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go, sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Now, if you're studying the word and you begin your study with observation, you can likely see all kinds of problems (laughs) that could come from you encouraging your husband to go and have children with another woman. But that's not what we're talking about today. As this progresses along in chapter 16, we see that Abram does take Hagar and he does bear a son with her and they name him Ishmael. But Sarai became jealous and began mistreating Hagar and so Hagar fled from her. I'm going to pick up 
in Genesis 16, verse 7. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from? And where are you going? I am running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, Go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, You are now pregnant, and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. As we observe what's taking place in this passage, There are a lot of things that Hagar could complain about or become worried about, right? The angel of the Lord just told her her child was going to be a wild donkey of a man and that his hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand will be against him. And I'm going to be honest with you. If an angel of the Lord came to me and this was his news, I'm not sure the first thing that I would acknowledge was God seeing me. But that's exactly what Hagar does. And so in circumstances where God is calling you to do hard things, for example, here, Hagar is being called to go back to Sarah and to submit to her. And in our culture, that makes us feel maybe like we're being called back into an abusive situation. And listen, I am not telling anyone they need to go back into an abusive situation. In this passage, we know specifically that the angel of the Lord appeared to her and told her. So let's not draw parallels there to our own lives, okay? That's not what the intention is. The intention here for this practice is for you to put on your gratitude goggles as you're reading your normal daily scripture. So what I see here is in verse 13, Hagar gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. And so spend some time thanking God that he is a God who sees you. How does he see you today? There are two other passages that I would like to quickly work through one being Psalm 27. But remember, you can again put on your gratitude goggles when reading any scripture passage. I've just chosen a few. 
Here's a portion of Psalm 27, starting in verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And let's remember, this is David writing this psalm. And honestly, at this point in his life, he was running from Saul. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. I'm going to skip on down to verse 10. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desires of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. And so pour out gratitude to God that He is your light and your salvation. Thank Him that He is the stronghold of your life. A verse that I didn't read was Psalm 27, 4, where David says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Thank Him for safety in His dwelling place. Thank God that you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And as you thank Him for that, also pray for the confidence to remain in that and to wait on Him. Pray that you would be strong and that you would take heart. Or maybe there's someone in your life that you need to pray that over. So Psalm 27 verses 13 and 14, take those, offer them as an act of worship to the Lord through gratitude and as a prayer for confidence and strength. For the sake of time, I will walk through the third passage, which is Matthew 15 during tomorrow's episode. Consider reading Matthew 15 verses 1 through 16 before joining me tomorrow and see if you can identify anything in the passage 
that you can be grateful for. And it's a little bit more difficult to see, but I believe if you go into the passage asking the question of first, what is happening here? Second, what message is the author trying to convey through this passage? And then what was Jesus saying to the people in their context? And after working through those questions, if you then ask God what you can be grateful for from the passage, I think you and I will come up with some of the same things. I'll meet you back here tomorrow as we use Matthew chapter 15 as a gratitude guide. This episode was brought to you in part by the Table Podcast at Dallas Theological Seminary. Listen to rotating hosts discuss issues of God and culture to demonstrate theology's relevance in everyday life. Find it on your podcast app. For videos and more, visit dts.edu podcast.